Hello friends, Brian Gailey here, Klamath Falls News. Welcome to Ask Klamath. It's presented by Pacific Crest Federal Credit Union. Joining us today, Philip Squibb over here. He's the director of the Klamath County Developmental Disabilities right? Services. Services. I, I, that's a long title. It is. It, you can read it right behind me here. Uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of different things, including uh, what, the, what your service does with the county. The Sprout Film Festival, you wanted to talk about that. We're going to be chatting about that. Uh, the new program you're going to be uh, doing as well, Swing in Every Park. We're going to be talking about that as well as taking your questions live here during the show. But before we get to all that, Samantha, roll that intro. Hello friends, Brian Gailey here, Klamath Falls News. Welcome to Ask Klamath. It is episode number six, season number five. We're joined here today by Philip Squibb. Philip is the director of, I, I know I'm going to screw this up a lot, the director of Klamath County Developmental Disabilities Service. You it, can also call it Klamath County DD Services. Klamath County helps. DD Services. Yeah. All right. Uh, we are airing live today. It's October 2nd, 2019. Um, a little background on Philip, a little bio here. He became the Director of Developmental Disability Services in 2018, a graduate of Greenville University with a Bachelor of Science in Special Education, earned a Master's in Social Work from the University of Illinois, Chicago, and is a licensed clinical social worker. So that's kind of the professional side of things. Prior to working at DDS, Philip worked at a local residential treatment facility as a therapist and an academic vocational uh, director. He moved to Klamath Falls from Chicago and enjoys the small town feel and how friendly and welcoming the members of the community are. In his free time, he enjoys glamping, uh, which is more than just a tent, right? Yeah, that's, that's motorhome style. <laughs> motorhome style. Uh, snow skiing, urban farming, and traveling. Uh, there's got to be a lot of things that uh, you have done, Philip, that has got you here in your background, your bio. That's got to be just a highlight. What are some of the things that's uh, not in there? Well, you definitely had some of the key pieces. My undergraduate degree was in special education, and I earned that back in Illinois. And then I became a special education teacher, and I did that for about seven years. In the midst of that, I, I got married, and I traveled the country doing children's theater with my wife, which was a huge stretch for my skill set, <laughs> but, however, was an amazing experience. Uh, and then I, I wanted to move towards a more administrative or global macro level. And so I chose social work with a focus on schools and administration. And then ultimately, once I completed that, I actually shifted gears a little bit because I had fallen in love with the mental health component of social work. And so I moved to Klamath Falls and I work for an organization called Dragonfly Transitions. That's what brought me here. And I worked there as a clinician. And then again, my social work pull after being at Dragonfly for about six years, I, I wanted to go back to a bigger, more global macro administrative level. And this position became available and I pursued it. And here I am today. Awesome. Well, we're glad to have you. I mean, you do a lot of things in the community. Many, you know, uh, many, many know your wife more than yeah. you. Uh, Amanda with uh, Friends of the Children. So, you know, shout out to them as well. Hopefully we'll get her on the show. Um, but you're kind of more reserved in those guards, right? You're not as out front. Yeah, that's that's often my joke. Anytime I'm I'm not a very good public speaker. My wife was a communication major. She was a theater major. Hence the traveling the 
country to a Missoula Children's Theater. And yeah, I always joke that I'm kind of her sideshow. <laughs> I just occasionally follow in her footsteps and get opportunities to share what I'm doing. Well, we're going to be talking about a lot of things here with Philip today uh, involving what you're directly doing, not a, not as a, her shadow. So we'll okay. be talking about a lot of things. If you have a question for Philip, it's a great time to get those in uh, anytime during our show. Put those in the comments below. We're watching. We're going to see those comments. We're going to ask those questions for Philip as we go along. Uh, but before we get to our first commercial break, I got a couple questions for you. First off, what is Klamath County Developmental Disability Services? So in a nutshell, we are a case management entity, which means we provide case management services for individuals experiencing intellectual and or developmental disabilities. And with that, we are the gateway into our services and resources, and then we help them find employment, we help them with housing, uh, we help them with basic life skills and whatever they need to become as independent as possible. And, and I want to also ver uh, clarify that we are a volunteer agency. So all of our services are volunteer. We don't make anybody receive our services. They have to choose us. So they come to you looking for the help, and then you're there to help them. You're not making it mandatory that you have these issues, therefore you get our, we Correct. do this, right? Yeah, absolutely. So is this a new division within the county? Because this is a county government mm -hmm. uh, service, right? Is this a new thing, or has it been around a while? It is, I can't, I don't know the length of the history. It's definitely been around for a few decades. Uh, it started out as kind of grassroots, just helping individuals uh, until actually we could go a whole another rabbit hole around institutions. But until the past decade, we had institutions. And so there was a history of folks and in institutions. And then once the state intervened and said, we need to, these individuals need their own lives and in the community that, uh, yeah, they started shutting those down and then reinforcing and supporting local agencies to do case management and help them manage life in a community. Mm -hmm. So you, you, case management at a, at a county government level, mm -hmm. a lot of times this is a, a state thing, right? The state of Oregon handles a lot of it through Department of Human Services. What's different between those? Well, we actually fall under the umbrella of Department of Human Services. Okay. So all of our, we are a part of the county and the county manages our contract, so to speak, for the services within our county, but we are funded through the state and through federal dollars. So all of our resources come from the state mm -hmm. and federal, not the county. We have a contract in the county to support our citizens and folks. Now, for the people who might be just tuning in and didn't catch the first intro, how did what drew you to this position? How did you get started with it, you personally? I mean, if I go all the way back, it was it was volunteer experience when I was in undergrad. Mm -hmm. I was gonna I was actually gonna be a police officer, which if anybody knows me, that's probably hilarious to think about. <laughs> but that was my initial goal, and then I shifted into education, and I just had an experience working with children that had fetal alcohol syndrome, and it. It just, I flourished in it and it, it worked well with me. I connected well with those kids. And then from that experience, I transitioned to special education. And so I've always just had a heart and compassion for uh, folks that just may need a little support or help to shine and show who they truly are in That's awesome. our community. That's awesome that it, life kind of guided you in that direction of, of actually being doing what you're passionate about. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, in in your role and in in what you deal with on a daily basis, what would you say is your biggest challenge? Uh, that's a 
That's a really big question. I, I think there's a lot of stigmas in our society and in our community. I, I think that you could look at that as an isolated challenge of how do we challenge what our community views and what people are truly capable of and versus what they can do and how independent someone can be versus our society telling them what they can't do. Mm -hmm. So that's a challenge in itself. For me personally, I would say just shifting from the private world into a government system and learning how that it takes a few more steps to get what I want. I bet it does. To support what we need. But again, that's some of just the growth edge of that. Mm -hmm. um, on the flip side of that, you talked about stigma being kind of like some of the toughest part of everything for you. Mm -hmm. Is is there anything as a community we can do to help reduce that or help make what you do for the community easier? Well, Indirectly, it's just an awareness, and that's getting involved. We have a strong Special Olympics community. Uh, just being aware of the services that are out there, Reach has a, does a lot of work in our community, Goodwill, uh, Mentor. And so just being aware of what services are here. And some of it, again, it's from what people have experienced growing up and how we treat people, and oftentimes kids that were in special education were separated and put in separate classes and being aware of what inclusive environment can do and bringing children together and engaging with each other and kind of that breaks down the stigma. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, that's a really big question. Uh, I don't know that I can answer specifically, but an example is we have the Sprout Film Festival, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. And that just sheds some light on the true talents and experiences individuals have and I think the more exposure and experience of working with people, the greater the understanding, which okay. is true for anything. I guess right. Say. Yeah. It's definitely a, a make it of an education piece to help reduce some of that stigma. It's definitely educating the public as to what, uh, not necessarily like what's acceptable or, or things like that. And I know we talked off camera that there's still some derogatory terms and things like that being floated around the community and, and things like that for some of the people that you help. Um, but just, you know, there's still people. They're still yeah. humans. They're just like us. They may have different challenges, but they're still just like us, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think a lot of one thing that our audience could do and shift is how you identify with somebody or recognize somebody. It's not it's not a, a disabled person. It's a person experiencing a disability mm -hmm. or, you know, it's not identifying them by what you think is their limitation. And, and again, that's a global thing of how we identify and recognize people. But to me, that's a simple thing of just watching our language of how, how we're recognizing people. That's wise words right there. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit more, going in a little bit more depth about all this topic in, in, uh, in just a few minutes. We're actually going to take a commercial break. Uh, if you've got a question for Philip, go ahead and get those in the comments below. We'll be right back in just two minutes. Reds. There are many threads that run through our region. There are churches and schools and little league teams that bring us together and bind us into communities. There are roads and cars. There are houses and jobs and businesses, all woven together to make the fabric of our communities. There are financial threads that are part of that tapestry as well. For over 80 years, it's been our pleasure to be headquartered here providing financial services to generations of our friends and neighbors. From that first savings account, to retirement planning, and all of the cars and houses and groceries in between, we keep your money local, investing it back into our communities. 
adding more threads to the fabric to make our community stronger. Pacific Crest Federal Credit Union, find your path. have your car taken to the shop of your choice. So my friend had her car taken to Excel Auto Body because she heard about their reputation for excellent work. They even gave her a written warranty that's good for as long as she owns that car. So Excel Auto Body is a very smart choice. Hi, I'm Rourke, owner of Excel Auto Body. No matter if the damage is minor or major, you'll want to choose us now. So if you are ever in an accident, you'll be ready. And remember, it's your choice what body shop you go to. Choose Excel Auto Body. It's your car, our reputation. Go on through to the other side. Hello, friends. Brian Gailey, Klamath Falls News. Welcome back to Ask Klamath. We're joined here today by Philip Squibb. Philip is the director of Klamath County developmental disability services that is a tongue twister we got to get you a shorter title it is well especially when i have to also include my title in that yeah where i say <laughs> I'm, I'm philip squib i'm the director of klamath county developmental disabilities services yes it's it's a lot of stuff um you see the logo on the corner coastal farm and ranch they're actually a sponsor of our, of our show they bring you this segment uh serving you in the pacific northwest at 17 locations including right here at clown falls at 1776 avalon street we're just what the country needs, Coastal Farm and Ranch. I uh, want to give you know special thanks to them uh, for sponsoring the show. If it wasn't for them, we couldn't bring you the content we bring you along with all of our other sponsors. So a uh, couple more questions for you, Philip, getting back into things. We talked uh, in the last segment about your background, what, uh, what your role is, what developmental disability services is. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the, the people, if we would. Who, who is eligible for, for help and service from DDS? So we, we identify individuals that experience intellectual disabilities or other developmental disabilities. And so those are two categories that an individual should can qualify for our services. What is the difference between an intellectual and developmental disability? So an intellectual disability is, is based on an individual's IQ score. And the, there's a lot of variables in that, but the, the nuts and bolts of it is an individual experiencing they have an IQ that is 75 or less, they could potentially qualify for an intellectual disability. Mm -hmm. There are some factors in there that adaptability scores and just how they manage in their day-to-day -day life, but <clears throat> in general, somebody with an IQ of 75 or less could qualify for our services. For comparison, what's an average IQ? And for an average for person? Just an average person. Yeah, so that's a 90 to 100. Okay. So it's... Uh, two standard deviations is that the right word deviation standard yeah <laughs> below the norm okay um in in developmental disability what what's what how do they identify so developmental disability iq is not relevant it is a neurodevelopmental component to this so it could be somebody they may have an iq of 120 125 or whatever but in that disability we're looking at uh, their adaptability, their way of society and how they can navigate, hold a job, uh, experience life. And those typically, uh, an individual with a uh, autism, for mm -hmm. example, or cerebral palsy, uh, it's a neurodevelopmental 
disorder. And also it could be a traumatic brain injury could fall under that. And to clarify too, an intellectual disability, there has to be a history prior to the age of 18, whereas with a developmental disability, and I don't know where they came up with their year, but under the age of 22, there has, there has to be evidence showing that development. Okay. So you, you mentioned briefly somebody with a brain injury. So mm -hmm. it's not only somebody from, from birth or from childhood, like through a, uh, it can also be something through a trauma. It could be, yeah. For the developmental disability, the traumatic brain injury would be the exception. But autism and cerebral palsy and all those things are development from birth or prenatal too could mm -hmm. be a component of that. Fetal alcohol syndrome can often be a part of a developmental disability. So yeah, a traumatic brain injury that, that could occur on their 20th birthday, a car accident or something along those lines that impacts and changes their life forever, our services may be able to help them. So kind of those guidelines and things like that, in, in a moment talking about the, the, the trauma is, you know, you mentioned car accidents, is military, is there, is there a component there as well? Is there, is there people coming under that? Yeah, well, I appreciate you bringing that up. That's something that our office, yes, somebody could qualify for that. And that's something we have recently started exploring and working with the VA for the county. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, uh, conveniently, we share the same building. They're on the first level and we're on the second level. And so I'm working with Kathy at the VA and we're, we're looking at how can we help identify because a lot of, uh, unfortunately, kids that are being sent overseas or young adults that are being, they're under the age of 22. So right. there is the potential they could benefit from our services. Mm -hmm. um, so what identified who, who you're helping and, and what they have and what, you know, the identifiers on that, what are you guys doing for them over there? So we are the gateway to a variety of services. Probably the most common is housing and just living and helping them find resources for whether it's a foster home, a group home, or in-home supports. Mm -hmm. Then there's also component of employment where we're helping them. We're, and I clarify too, we don't provide those services. We coordinate with agencies in the community. Okay. So with housing, we work with 40 different foster providers and they, that is their job is they take and take care of individuals and make sure they get to work, whatever. Uh, and it's not, we think of when we hear foster care, we often think of kids. Mm -hmm. And this is our services, which I probably should also say at the beginning is from birth to death. So that's the range of our services. We have infants in our services and we have people that are elderly aging. So uh, yeah, I kind of lost track having going on that. But yeah, we have housing support and we coordinate with those agencies, whether it's a foster provider or a program like Reach or Goodwill or Mentor. And then we also, uh, yeah, just there's daily supported living activities. So there's just basic helping them get engaged in the community, go out in the neighborhood. And again, not just be kept up or cooped up, but getting them exposure and outreach. So it kind of sounds like you're almost like a middleman in, in this, in a lot of this between the, the person that's, you know, needing the help with a developmental disability, intellectual disability to where all the resources are that could help them make their lives more comfortable. Yeah, we, we are that contractor, that contracted service that then delegates. And we also run a plan. So every individual in our services has the opportunity to what's called an ISP or an individual support plan where we can help figure out what do they want? Mm -hmm. Do they want help with employment? Do they want a place to a different place to live? Do they want to live in a foster home? 
and then we ensure that those agencies are following those goals and those needs of that individual. That's actually a good question, you know, wants versus needs. You know, is there a lot of uh, stuff that, you know, an individual like that needs that you're able to, to, to handle and help them get it resolved versus what they want to make, you know, what they want out of things? Yeah, and that, that can be quite the dance because we, we truly want to honor their desires and their wishes. It mm -hmm. is not our – sometimes people say, well, I want my – or it'll be a parent and they have a, an adult child and they want their child to do certain things. Like that's not – they're an adult. They can make their own choices. I, I always give the example that I really make – I make poor choices all the time. I love Chinese buffets, but I also know I'm not going to be able to walk out of there <laughs> because I can't move. So my wife tells me not to go there, but I still go. But I mean, it's the same with anybody. They, they have the right to choose our services. They, we may think their housing situation is not to our standard, but mm -hmm. it's not our place to tell them they can't live where they want to live. Mm -hmm. That is their life, their choice, just like anybody else in our society. You mentioned a bit about uh, some of the partner companies that you work with. Reach was another one. Mentor Organ is another one that you mentioned there. Who are some of these uh, places that you work with on a regular basis that help uh, make lives easier? In regards to... Just, just in the general scope of things, the people that you work with on a regular basis. So within my office or... Yeah, within the office, within uh, the scope of helping the, these individuals. Yeah, so... So expanding on, I talked about how we're a case management entity, but in our office, we also, we oversee eligibility services, which is, that is the gateway. We determine if they are eligible for our services. We have a team that does that. Mm -hmm. uh, we also oversee abuse of adults that are in our services. So if there is abuse, then we, we have an investigator and an investigating team that will look and make sure our individuals are protected and safe. Uh, we also license those 40 foster homes. We oversee those 40 homes. We license them and support them. So there's a, there's a lot of aspects that our office has. And then we also, in our community, we have 300 personal support workers that are going into homes and helping individuals that live in their own places of their own homes, their family homes, their own apartment or whatever. So, and we also didn't go into the, I know I'm going on my own rabbit trail, <laughs> but we, there's 600 individuals that receive services through our, or have entered through our services 600. in our community, in our community. That, it, now it, to me, that number seems kind of high and kind of shocking, but is that, you know, it leads to another question. Is that kind of the normal for a community our size? Is there 600 individuals in a community of say, you know, 40,000 to 60,000 people, depending on where you draw the boundary. Is that, common yeah it's actually yeah it is really common if you think about our total population for our county we're about sixty thousand mm -hmm. in the population it's about one percent of our community and so that that is pretty standard across the state and across the country okay um so you mentioned a little bit about your team you, you had a lot you have a lot of people working with you doing that um can you talk a bit about your team what what do these these individuals specialize in and and what are some of the roles of your team members yeah, so kind of going back to our abuse investigation team. So Geneva Lewis is our abuse investigator. She's our primary. She's former law enforcement, so she she has that experience. And then we also have uh, additional staff that support her. Mm -hmm. uh, and our focus and the way we do things is that we attempt to spread the workload. A lot of times in government agencies and case management, there's a lot of work. But trying to spread that out so we support each other within the office and then therefore creating consistent 
services in the community. And so, we, like I said, we have our eligibility team that brings in individuals into our services. We have our foster licensing, which oversees the 40 homes. And again, all of our, and then we have 11 case managers and all of them go out into the community and they are ensuring that our people are getting the services that they need. Mm -hmm. Is, are you finding that 11 case members are, is enough to handle the load? There's never enough. I, so our, our goal is to get our caseloads below 50, mm -hmm. which sounds like a lot. Uh, and, and it is, and to be able to give consistent quality service and make sure we're in the homes, in the group homes, in the foster homes, and making sure those are the places those individuals want to be. I mean, I would love for us to have caseloads of 20, mm -hmm. but uh, that's not the reality of things. I would say though, that based on how we've structured our office and how we manage our funds, we have some of the lowest caseload numbers in the state. That's good to hear. So is, is it the case numbers the way they are because there's a shortage of people to do caseload work or is it funding? It's purely based on funding. It's a funding issue. Yep. No, we've, we've been very fortunate. We have a great team and we've been able to recruit great applicants and people to join our team. Okay. So if somebody's out there that's not receiving the services that you guys offer, you know, or getting one of those 600 and they're looking to maybe say, hey, we might be able to qualify for something. Where do they go for more information? How can they learn more? Well, as simple as calling our office, it's free. Uh, there's, there's no cost in exploring and uh, seeing what services our office provides. And then we also, it is free in general. There's no cost to getting into our services. If you meet our services, it's part of what we do and what our state offers them. So I should have brought a card. I don't have my number memorized. <laughs> we'll, we'll add it to the description and, and for the people watching later. I appreciate that. So uh, website, is there a place where they can get more information? We do. We're also on the Klamath County website, klamathcounty.org. That is a project in itself. We are working, I've been there a year and a half, and a lot of what we've been focusing on is shifting from paper and some of the older technologies to a more modern outreach and internal services. Mm -hmm. So klamathcounty.org you can find developmental disability services on that website we have made some improvements we have a ways to go all right guys if you got questions for philip we're going to be taking those in just a little bit a uh, great time to get those questions in is right now we're going to take a commercial break we'll be back in just two minutes threads there are many threads that run through our region there are churches and schools and little league teams that bring us together and bind us into communities there are roads and cars, there are houses and jobs and businesses, all woven together to make the fabric of our communities. There are financial threads that are part of that tapestry as well. For over 80 years, it's been our pleasure to be headquartered here, providing financial services to generations of our friends and neighbors. From that first savings account, the retirement planning, and all of the cars and houses and groceries in between, we keep your money local, investing it back into our communities, adding more threads to the fabric to make our community stronger. Pacific Crest Federal Credit Union, find your path. 
can have your car taken to the shop of your choice. So my friend had her car taken to Excel Auto Body because she heard about their reputation for excellent work. They even gave her a written warranty that's good for as long as she owns that car. So Excel Auto Body is a very smart choice. Hi, I'm Rourke, owner of Excel Auto Body. No matter if the damage is minor or major, you'll want to choose us now. So if you are ever in an accident, you'll be ready. And remember, it's your choice what body shop you go to. Choose Excel Auto Body. It's your car, our reputation. Go on through to the other side. Hello, friends. Brian Gailey, Cloud Falls News. Welcome back to Ask Klamath. Today we are joined by Philip Squibb. Uh, Philip is the Director of uh, Developmental Disabilities for Klamath County. Um, lots of great things we've already talked about. Um, we're going to actually talk about a few more things here in just a moment, including the Sprout Film Festival, which is one of those things. But before we do, the uh, Fairgrounds, you see their logo there in the corner. Fairgrounds is a great sponsor of us here. They want you to know that happening this weekend, the Jefferson's, Jefferson State Jackpot Winter Series Rodeo. Talk about long titles. That one's a long title. Jefferson State Jackpot Winter Series Rodeo returns this weekend, Friday through Sunday. Uh, Friday and Saturday at the fairgrounds is the PEO Remage Sale. It's a big indoor yard sale. A lot of cool things happening over there. If you haven't checked it out, that is definitely something you need to do going into the holiday season. Uh, Saturday is also going to be the flu clinic, so if you need any, uh, any help there, uh, they will be there to help out. And mark your calendars, October 26th is the fall auction. Lots of things coming to the fairgrounds for the auction. Things are already starting to come in for consignment, including a large antique tractor, John Deere tractor collection that's going to go up for auction as well. You're going to definitely want to check that out. To see what else is going on, head over to kcfairgrounds.org and you can check out what they can do for you as well. Uh, again, Ask Klamath is presented by Pacific Crest. Federal Credit Union. You saw their commercial there just a moment ago. Now, Philip, we talked about some great things about your organization, and one of the things that you guys are kind of working with, or you personally are working with, is the Sprout Film Festival. It's coming to town. Uh, can you talk a bit about that? We have a video that we're going to run as well, but give us kind of a rundown. What is the Sprout Film Festival? So the Sprout Film Festival is a, it's short films that are written in, <clears throat> they're either written, directed, or acted in by individuals experiencing intellectual or developmental disabilities. And the Sprout Film Festival is based out of New York City. Anthony DeSalvo, I probably messed up his name on that, I can't remember. But he's the executive director of the film festival, and we, he's actually coming here, and he's going to host it at the Ross Raglan Theater. And we'll be showing three different shows and there will be, and I know you're going to show a clip here, a little bit of a trailer for that, but it's each program is different and it's just showing off the talents, the uh, experiences of individuals with disabilities. And yeah, to me, there's a couple primary goals. It's one around attacking the stigma around individuals and saying they can't do things or they're limited or whatever, but when you see the talent of what they can do on screen is phenomenal. And then additionally, there's there's going to be some emotions in this, there's going to be mm -hmm. some laughter, some crying, not to scare anybody away, but just hoping to build some empathy and awareness. That's my other 
hope for this or our hope i shouldn't say it's mine our, our whole office is sponsoring this right and so uh as philip said that's coming to the ross Raglan theater next tuesday october 8th there's actually going to be three showings of the festival two uh during the daytime for schools and one at six o'clock for the general public uh let's actually roll that trailer <laughs> I'm funny. Yeah, I make, I make people laugh. I know I have a disability. I'm okay with it. I actually gonna give him a kiss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So really cool trailer there. Lots of neat things. 30 short films going to be showed um, at the Ross Reagan Theater this Tuesday, October 8th. Uh, what's the cost to attend? Is there a cost? No, it's absolutely free. Our office has sponsored this, and I would also like to recognize Sorb Southern Oregon Regional Brokerage. They're also a case management entity in town. They serve our, we share the same population and services, and they are also sponsoring it. So we have brought this here free to the public. So I look forward to seeing everybody there. There you go. And anybody can attend, right? Yeah, absolutely. At the six o'clock, that's a public showing. The 9.30 and one o'clock are for school matinees. So school field trips or even groups or organizations, they can call the theater and reserve tickets for that. But right. it, the open public is six o'clock. So again, uh, for the people who might be just turning in, who Sprout Film Festival, who's being featured? What's it showcasing? So there's a variety of shows. It's all, like I said, it's all individuals that experience intellectual or developmental disabilities that have written in, written the shows, directed the shows, or are acting in the shows. And, and I also want to say that I am aware that there are at least two of the short films that will be premiering in Klamath Falls. So this is the first time they're going public and they will be here in Klamath Falls. And I know one of them uh, is an individual who lives in Australia. Mm -hmm. And so he was just shouting out on the the web uh, the, the airwaves of australia how excited that klamath falls was going to premiere his film how awesome is that yeah any idea where the this is a film festival that's traveled any idea where they've also been and maybe where they're going next yeah if if you go to the sprout i'm not sure what it's probably sprout.com but the sprout website has a list of where they tour and they bounce around so different agencies will often bring them in mm -hmm. or sometimes communities will just show they'll purchase the films and just show them themselves but for us we we went to the extent with the help of sorb to bring the director anthony all the way to klamath falls and to show the films how awesome is that? All right, so Tuesday, mark your calendars, Tuesday, October 8th, 6 o'clock for the general public. Uh, you're definitely going to want to check that out there at the Ross Raglan Theater. Um, and tickets are free. 
So you get, you know, free 99. You can't beat that, right? Yeah, man. And Tuesday night, who's who's doing anything on Tuesday night? There you go. You got nothing better to do. Head to the Raglan. We'll check it out there. Uh, I look forward to it. I'm going to plan on being there. So we'll be seeing you guys there. Hopefully we'll see you out there as well. Uh, we're actually going to take our last commercial break here. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about another project you got going on. And we're actually taking a look at another video, the uh, Swings for Parks. A program. swing in every park. A swing in every park. That's a pretty cool thing. And maybe we'll even talk about the new playground uh, potentially for more park as well. So, guys, if you got questions for Philip, get those in the comments below. We're going to be taking those very soon. We'll be right back. Threads. There are many threads that run through our region. There are churches and schools and little league teams that bring us together and bind us into communities. There are roads and cars. There are houses and jobs and businesses, all woven together to make the fabric of our communities. There are financial threads that are part of that tapestry as well. For over 80 years, it's been our pleasure to be headquartered here, providing financial services to generations of our friends and neighbors. From that first savings account, to retirement planning, and all of the cars and houses and groceries in between, we keep your money local investing it back into our communities, adding more threads to the fabric to make our communities stronger. Pacific Crest Federal Credit Union. Find your path. have your car taken to the shop of your choice. So my friend had her car taken to Excel Auto Body because she heard about their reputation for excellent work. They even gave her a written warranty that's good for as long as she owns that car. So Excel Auto Body is a very smart choice. Hi, I'm Rourke, owner of Excel Auto Body. No matter if the damage is minor or major, you'll want to choose us now. So if you are ever in an accident, you'll be ready. And remember, it's your choice what body shop you go to. Choose Excel Auto Body. It's your car, our reputation. Go on through to the other side. Hello, friends. Brian Gailey, Clam Falls News. Presented, uh, it's Ask Klamath, presented by Pacific Crest Federal Credit Union. We're coming back to you. We're here with Philip Squibb. Philip is the director of Klamath County Developmental Disability Services. I look over to him because I know I'm screwing it up. Uh, but I no, got you nailed head, it. I got my head nod on that one. So uh, this segment's brought to you by Ace Towing. You see their logo there in the corner. Uh, our friends over at Ace Towing want to remind you to please slow down and move over anytime you see vehicles on the side of the road that are disabled. Uh, their visor lights are on. If there's emergency vehicles, tow trucks. If you slow down and move over, give them guys some extra room. Uh, they got families too, you know. So, but they also want you to know they're there to help you in the case of emergency lockouts, jump starts if you run out of fuel, collision towing, all that. Uh, put this number in your phone. You see it there on the screen. It's 541 884 9388 because when you need it, you're going to need it. 541 884 9388. Now, Philip, this section is something we call the soapbox. Every guest, guest that comes on has an opportunity to talk about what's on their mind. Uh, you kind of foreshadowed with me a little earlier that you wanted to talk about the, uh, the uh, a swing for every park, but what's on your mind tonight? Yeah, well, can I just talk about that first? Let's go. Yeah, so I want to talk about a swing in every park, and this is the concept or the belief that every park in, well, nationwide would be awesome to get to that level, but in our community has 
a piece of equipment that is fully accessible and available for an individual, any individual, mm -hmm. whether they experience a disability or not. And uh, it was brought to my attention that, and we're, we'll show a clip that KU students have made, but that uh, it was brought to my attention that we did not have any parks in our community. We don't have any that are fully accessible. And then we don't even have any that have a fully accessible piece of equipment. There's mm -hmm. some barrier in some way to every park that we have in our community. There, there's some, like a swing, there's some swings that are uh, built in a way that uh, physically disabled people may be able to use, right? But there's, mm -hmm. it's not like 100%. They still need to be transferred from a wheelchair into it or there's gravel in the way or things like that, right? Yeah, or mulch or, yeah, just thinking about the approach and how to get to different pieces of equipment because, yeah, we do have some parks that have the seated swings or the mm -hmm. sled swings and that's where, yeah, it's a supported swing that an individual, but they do have to be placed in that swing. Right. Uh, but again, there's the limitation of, you just don't think about people kicking out the mulch underneath the swing and how the gap of that distance and how to get how those individuals get into those swings. So there's a lot of factors in that. And the project itself, again, is putting a swing in every park. That's the goal. And that could mean just simply modifying a space and making some improvements of putting a solid foundation under a component or a part of a swing. You might be able to use existing pieces, just Absolutely. modify them. Yeah, and that's that's our hope, and it's to bring it to what's already there and to be the most efficient with funds to produce the most, uh, the best experience for anybody. All right, well, let's take a look at this video that you brought us. So when I stepped into the director role at Klamath County in 2018, I was approached by the advisory board for the county and they had expressed there were no accessible, fully ADA accessible parks in our county. And so through further research and identification, there, are, there really are no parks in our county that are completely 100% ADA accessible. My name is Yesenia Rodriguez. I have um, two wonderful kids. Uh, my son is eight years old. He was born with cerebral palsy. Um, just because there's no access to the playground, um, the hardest thing as a parent is to see one child be able to enjoy all the um, the playgrounds and the things that are available for children and not and to see the other child not be able to access that um, so although I love that we do have many parks available in the community as a parent it's really hard to see that only one child is able to really fully access that at another meeting I attended I was approached by a family who shared their experience in another community where they had an accessible park and her daughter, they were born and raised in Klamath Falls, and the first time her daughter was able to swing was when she was 11 years old at another park in a different community because there was no option in Klamath County. You judge the quality of a community by the quality of life it affords its most vulnerable. So then the, the concept of 
let's have a swing in every park. And so we coined the top or the coined the name of the program of a swing in every park. Just a basic idea that every park should have an accessible swing for anybody to enjoy. So there's a lot of cool stuff happening in that video there. It's a pretty emotional video too. You can see the struggles that the that mom was having with her son, uh, getting him into that swing. So what what is it that your guys are proposing that'll help her out? Yeah. So there, Yesenia is awesome. I work closely with her. She she also uh, helps a family advocacy network here in town and just supports families of individuals experiencing disabilities. And she's a resource to any parent out there. It's Family Advocacy Support Network, FASN. Uh, so a little plug to her and her nonprofit. The, I mean, the, the goal is that, yeah, one of our first grants that we received for a swing in every park, and mm -hmm. I want to say also that video was made by KU students. They're media students at a good job the school. Yeah, it's excellent. And it's still in the rough draft. We're still working out tweaks and kinks and all that stuff, but they are, yeah, it's phenomenal. Uh, I lost my train of thought bragging about the students work on that. But with thinking about, oh, the first grant, I was going to share about that. We got received from Circle of Hearts, mm -hmm. and that was an, that's an organization in town, and they support mothers and their children. And so they latched onto this project because it's huge. If you think about the most frequent, the, the, most, the individuals that most frequent our parks are often moms or families and their children. And so the limitations and the challenge you saw in that video, Yesenia's struggle of shifting, transitioning from the wheelchair and getting Anthony into the into the swing, it, it was her, you don't see in the video, but her husband actually had to step in and do help her do it so mm -hmm. that they could do it safely. Uh, so just thinking about all those individuals and we're just not aware of these types of things. And this video is hopefully to bring that awareness to the community. And then once we start breaking ground on some of the projects and targeting different aspects of parks that it'll continue to bring more awareness to the services that we provide and that our community needs. Now, one of the things uh, we actually had broke the a story on Monday regarding a, a new fully ADA accept accessible park in Moore Park, replacing the existing playground up by the tennis courts. Um, now your project is just like a piece of equipment at every park but mm -hmm. there's there's talk now about fully doing a complete ada style destination playground for kids that, that are in chairs and, and accessibility right can you talk you're you're a part of that committee that's developing mm -hmm. that are you able to talk about about that yeah i could talk a little bit about it i am on the committee and helping them with that and part of that was because they they had heard that i was working on the swing project and we identify that we need to collaborate on this. And yeah, the swing in every park, that's the idea of bringing the projects into neighborhood communities. Whereas the Moore Park, it's kind of a destination. It's the, the granddaddy of all parks. It's, they're talking about over 20,000 square feet of accessible space and equipment mm -hmm. that anybody can go in and navigate and use. And so that it would be replacing the current equipment up by the tennis courts up on Moore Park. And like I said, over 20,000 square feet. Uh, it's based, we looked at, well, some of the other committee members have looked at other access parks. They looked at Medford and they have a Bear Creek, I believe is what it's called over in Medford. Mm -hmm. And it's about 
15, 16,000 square feet. And in Klamath Falls, we want bigger and better. So we are, yeah, we're shooting for over 20,000 square feet of awesome play equipment and space. And this is all volunteer driven too, right? It's like not tax dollars, it's volunteer campaign. You're gonna be campaigning. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, There's a, it's a design process. You wanna to listen to kids and the people who are gonna be using it the most to figure out what it is that they would like, right? Right. Uh, so there's a meeting coming up, uh, kind of a, an open house. Do you have any information on that? Yeah, I'm not sure. It's October 1st, I know, is the initial meeting, and that's where, yeah, they're bringing in kids, they're bringing in family members to come in and create what's your dream park, and it's just kids being creative and drawing out and designing. And then the the team that's helping our community design the park will then take all those drawings and craft it into a presentation and present what our community wants based on what our community said. Mm -hmm. So it's very early, very developmental still. It's going to be a early. while before there's, you know, a shovel-ready project or, you know, breaking ground on it. Mm -hmm. um, but very cool things happening. If somebody wanted to be involved in either a swing in every park or getting involved with the new ADA park, uh, how can people become involved or possibly donate? Well, I I can't speak to the, the Moore Park. I'm not sure if they've launched the financial fundraising component of their program but I can plug my own. Sure. Uh, so at this point, we're still working. I would also like to acknowledge that Kiwanis is the the holder of the nonprofit for Swing in Every Project or Every Park. Mm -hmm. So the funds will be going into their foundation and 100% of those funds will then go right into developing those parks. So we're still in the process. This is a bit premature in sharing about it, but I am just so excited about it. I want to talk about it. Uh, but at this time, if they just want to email me and then I can communicate with them and help them get set up with volunteering or uh, contributing to the Kiwanis Foundation and I can give my email address or sure. you put a, it's psquib, P-S-Q-U-I-B-B at klamathcounty.org. All right. So if you're looking to maybe get involved in a swing of every park in every park, uh, psquib at klamathcounty.org uh, for more information. We'll also put that in the description as well. So, And for anybody who may be watching on our audio-only podcast, we'll have links to those two videos that we played in, in the description as well. Um, so, Philip, lots of things going on, lots of things in, in you, your personal projects and, you know, business-related projects, and oh, you got so many things going on. Mm -hmm. Do you yet have a number that you're looking for or a goal that you're looking for in this swing for every park? Is in a financial goal? A financial goal. That is, so we're, again, we're in the kind of the grassroots phase of developing what the projects will entail. And ideally, we want to swing in every park. But my goal is it doesn't just stop once we have a swing in every park. It's continuing to expand, expand each park and grow this accessible equipment in every park. So uh, we're looking probably... I mean, on average, my guess is we're looking around $5,000 on average per park to put one piece of equipment in those parks. Mm -hmm. And again, we're also, we're collaborating with OAT's engineering students and they are, they're about to, hopefully I'm not prematurely putting this out there, but they're going to be working with their students on identifying and picking their own parks and then looking at accessibility, watershed, all that, because there's a lot of components to you can't just plop a swing in. You got to look at the safety and all those aspects. There's got to be a lot involved into it. A lot of, lot of behind the scenes work before something actually happens, right? Yeah, absolutely. In, in most cases, there's a lot of, a lot of prep before anything actually happens. Uh, so now we'll actually take a look and see what questions we have coming in. I do see one coming in from Crystal. She says, 
Are teachers, uh, she's stepping back to what you guys what you guys do at Developmental Disability Services. Are teachers able to recommend your services to parents? It's a multi-part question, so that's the first one. If mm -hmm. so, what's your process with getting uh, the child services? And what if the parent denies services for their child? Okay, we, we do, we collaborate very closely with the schools. We've done presentations at the schools to share what our eligibility process is. Uh, oftentimes our school age children are referred to us through schools mm -hmm. or the schools have notified the parents and then the parents contact us. So again, it, the entry process is coming to our office, calling our office and scheduling an intake process. And then we collaborate with the family on that. In regards to, it is a family show. We're, again, we're a volunteer service. We're not going to make anybody do anything. We'll definitely, if we see a family that could benefit, we're going to try to sell them on it or just really encourage them to utilize it because again we're a free service we're here to help them and help support them but we cannot make anybody receive our services okay um looking to see if we have any further questions here i'm not seeing anything on my side sam are you seeing anything else no nope. no we must have done a really good job philip yeah, talking about everything you guys do is whistle uh if there's any further questions go ahead and get those in the comments below uh and we'll see if we might be able to get those answered uh, as well uh we're gonna with that we're gonna go ahead and wrap up our show philip i want to thank you for being a part of the show today you've you've really brought a lot of information forward and in, in talking about the things that you do and and hopefully we can help reduce that stigma around those disabilities even if it's just a little bit yeah. hopefully you know the show like this can help bring something like that together um you know is is one last thing if somebody's looking for for your office for your help where can they find your information our office is 3328 vandenberg drive and we're up by public health we're above the va uh so yeah we're walking we're open eight to five individuals anybody can come walk into our services or they can give us a call all right and it was klamathcounty.org is where they can find more information yep. online uh, any websites or uh, facebook pages or anything like that no, we've batted that around, but at this time we have not pursued uh, the social media realm. Okay, so nothing on social media, which mm -hmm. is, you know, it's totally cool. So you can find it at klamathcounty.org as well as stopping in person. So uh, anything else you'd like to add today, Philip? No, I really appreciate you allowing me on the show and to, again, promote the Sprout Film Festival. That's next Tuesday. And then the swing and just all the great things our community is doing and becoming more aware. And like I said, the the big project up at Moore, I think that just is just showing that our community is catching on to this need and mm -hmm. the awareness. And it, some of the people that I've spoke with are like, we still have those problems. I, you know, they kind of just assume that they were already taken care of and kind of learning that they're still there has raised some eyebrows. Yeah. So, no, absolutely. And, and to be honest, when I stepped into the role, I, I personally was not aware that we didn't have any parks. And so when that was brought to my attention, I was, I was mortified. And so it's finding this balance of reaching out to the community and their community partners with a little bit of shame and a lot of let's get this together and get it fixed. Let's get it done. Yeah, let's get it done. Thank you again, Philip, for being here. I thank you guys for watching. It's been our 47th episode of Ask Klamath, uh, and, and we couldn't do it without you guys. Thank you very much. Ask Klamath is a production here of Klamath Falls News. It's hosted by myself, Brian Gailey. Off camera is Samantha. She's handling production, uh, monitoring audio, doing all that fun stuff, and make sure we all look good over here. Uh, if you did not get to watch the entire broadcast, that's fine. As soon as Facebook's doing it, done doing its magic, you can re 
rewatch anytime right here on our Facebook page as well as over at AskKlamath.com. If we've entertained you, if you learned something, give it a like, share it, let your friends and family know as well. Uh, next week, going to be kind of an interesting show, a little different than normal for us. You saw the commercials there with Monster Max Lunatic Asylum. Monster Mac himself, Mac McCune, is actually going to be in the hot seat. A little bit different for us. Uh, we're going to be talking to him about what he's got going on and a whole lot of other stuff. You're definitely going to want to check that one out. On behalf of my guest, Philip Squibb, again, Philip, thank you for being here. I'm Brian Gailey. Guys, we're going to see you around the basin. Good night. <laughs>